to Leitner. Puts it up. You're listening to the Culture State Podcast. Get ready. All right, another episode of the Culture State Podcast. And my man, Dennis Jamel Cox, is wearing an amazing shirt right now. I am. Um, one of the best universities that ever existed, uh, especially within the state of North Carolina. UNC uh, Greensboro. That's right. And the Spartans. Um, I, absolutely wonderful shirt, man. I just want to say you have impeccable taste. Well, you know, Chris, the reason why I'm wearing this is because you just recently had a birthday, sir. So congratulations. Thank you. It is uh, airy season. I, it I, is airy season. Sure. Um, I am wearing this <laughs> shirt out of love and respect for you and your birthday. So that's why I'm wearing this shirt today. So happy birthday to you, good sir. You will always be older than me. Does that mean I should get a Shenandoah? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely you should. Okay. You look great in blue and red. See, I will say this, though, okay? I don't know if you have, like, a natural foe um, in UNCG from something in your past, but – Covering um, the Guilford College Quakers in the past, yeah. and my sister actually went to early college at Guilford College uh, while she was in high school. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of a Guilford College fan, and so it, it feels weird if I were to wear a Shenandoah shirt, but I will wear it for you okay. for your birthday. Well, I never competed against Guilford in college, so you'll be fine in that regard. Okay. 100% okay. Real okay. quick before we get into our discussion uh, that we have, a really fun one, uh, as well as our conversation with Brianna Pinto, who is our guest today from the NC Courage, also played soccer at UNC Chapel Hill. Um, give a big shout out to our sponsor, Papa Murphy's Pizza. Every Tuesday, large pizzas are $10.99, no matter what the toppings are, $10.99 large pizzas on Tuesdays. So make sure you head over to Papa Murphy's, get that Take home and bacon in your oven yourself so it's fresh and hot. Papa Murphy's changed the way you pizza. Got that pizza going up on a Tuesday. Remember that song? I do, actually. Yeah, that was an, that was an interesting guy. Um, so anyway, we, we had a, a little conversation, Dennis and I, through text message, SMS text message, or I guess more so it was more iMessage because we have iPhones. Sure. And... Um, it was all about when you're referring to the pat to the future in mm-hmm. something uh, like, hey, is this next Saturday? What is next Saturday to you? Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently we we weren't on the same page when it comes to that. No. So uh, just so everybody has contact context as to what's happening here. Um, I ordered me and my wife ordered a piece of furniture when we moved into our house eight months ago. Yeah. That is now just going to be delivered. <laughs> Shout outs to the pandemic uh, for that. Um, and so because of that, uh, and they just kind of spring it up on you. It's like, hey, we can bring it next weekend. You know, uh, this is pretty much the only time. Yeah. And so because of that, I was like, yo, Dennis, can you help me like move a couple of items or whatever in my house? He was like, yeah, sure. You know, I could do that for you. And he was confirming the time. And I want to say you asked me this on Saturday, April 9th. I did. I asked you, hey, what day did you need help moving again? Which day? And you said next Friday. Friday. Yeah. So I said, oh, the 22nd. You said and, no. And I rolled my eyes in real time. I just want to let you know. I rolled my eyes in real time. It was like, is he one of those? <laughs> is he one, one of those? those? It's it's not, is next Friday not like the next Friday that's happening? 
No, no, that's okay. So here's how it works. Is so <laughs> this is this is exactly how it works. So on a sat on Saturday, anything that is coming up before Saturday, the, the, the following Saturday is this. So it's this Monday, this Tuesday, this Wednesday, this Thursday, this Friday. Anything that was within that seven-day stretch, it's this. It's the next when you start talking about the next one. So not this coming Friday, next Friday. Because here's the thing. You told me when it hits Sunday is when it becomes this. Like, no, no, no. You don't go from next to this just from one day to the – no, that's not how it works, man. Well, the reason why I feel like it works that way is because, you know, Sunday is the beginning of a new week. Just like, um, you know – the first of every month is a new month. So when you're on the 31st of a month and yeah. something happens, maybe let's say on like the six, you can say it's happening next month because technically you're correct. And so we're in a, that's, we're that's in context we're, on Saturday. Context. Hold on. You, you spoke on Saturday. We're in this same week right now. So the next Friday that's happening is next Friday. The what's, what's the date? The 15th. And, and people may have heard this after the 15th or whatever. But I will give it to you as far as like if we're on Saturday and you're talking about the following Monday. Yes, yeah, this Monday, you know, because it's within a few days of each other. But that's still you still have like a six day window where you can say, yes, yeah, next Friday, because you're completely negating. Like if you have to go, if if I'm talking about next Friday and you're thinking 15 days ahead of time, that's not next. Like that's that's already like two weeks so like so 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 next doesn't the word next doesn't mean anything no yeah no 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 so okay so forget you're listening to this on a wednesday i would tell you for this coming friday which is the what's today so be the 15th this friday because it's two days away from each other and it's in the same week well here's the thing people are listening to this on wednesday when this drops out tuesday next week which would be the 21st that's it's next Tuesday. Tuesday. That's this Tuesday. It's next Tuesday. That's this Tuesday. Yeah. It's this it's because Tuesday. it doesn't go from this to next or, or next to this just because the, the, the week switches. No, it's not how it works. And if you're if saying this Tuesday in, in, in the middle of the week, if you're on a Wednesday and you're saying yeah. this Tuesday, yeah. then you could be referring to something that happened in the past like no. yesterday. No, because that was yesterday. No, we're talking specifically about the future. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't agree with this. Okay. I don't, I don't uh, agree with where I you're going. Agrees with me. So she and I are. Of course same. she does. Of course no, she does. Of course she does. Of course she does. And my wife will agree with me. Like it's it's no use of putting no. in, in you know our spouses into this. Like, mm-hmm. our we're going to agree because of course, of course. Well, you can you can send us. You can let us know on Twitter. At the fan rookie, at Chris Lee TV, at Culture State Pod, let us know. Let us know because if you're a whole six days away from something, yeah, like you, you've got to say next. No, six days next, mm-hmm. especially if it's not within the same week. Like uh, if it's if you're on Sunday and you're talking about um, the upcoming Saturday because it's within the same week, yeah, say the Saturday. It's the same week. But if well, we're yeah. gonna if we're not gonna honor the week, what the week is from Sunday to Saturday, then you know it, it doesn't so, matter at that point. Then we could just go by your rules. So but we have to at least honor what the weeks are, just like we have to honor what the months are. That's why people get confused 
when they think June 1st is like, oh, well, June 1st is around. We've gone through half of the year. No, you haven't. We haven't. No, <laughs> you only completed five months. We yeah, need to honor. <laughs> we need to honor what the week is, just like we honor what the month is. So you're telling me on a Friday, something's coming up on Monday. You say next Monday? You can. Based off your logic. Based you off can. Your logic. No, because it's, it's the Monday. next Monday. It's, it's the Monday. next Monday. This Monday. Or, or you could say you can also say this upcoming Monday. But and also, if you were to say next Monday, you should people should know it's the next Monday that's happening. No, because it's not in the next week. We're technically works. in this week right here. Not how it works. Leave comments on this if you're watching this on YouTube. All right, we're going to disagree <laughs> on this, which is totally fine. It's a it's a it's a fun conversation. We disagree on it, and it's it's great. I love it. But Chris, something we can't disagree on. We're 100 in agreement on is our next guest that we have here in Culture State. Brianna Pinto She's is awesome. not only a fantastic player for the NC Courage. She had a great career at UNC Chapel Hill, but she's just an amazing human being who has a bright, bright future ahead of her. And I'm not talking about Justin Soccer, Chris. I'm talking about someone who's going to impact a lot of people nationwide, absolutely, and globally. So let's go and get to that conversation next here on Culture State. All right, we love doing this on the Culture State podcast. Someone that is from North Carolina, or at least, you know, uh, went to high school in North Carolina, somebody who went to college in North Carolina, now plays professionally in the state of North Carolina. Uh, her name is Brianna Pinto, plays for NC Courage, um, and a lot of uh, different things, a lot of a new look for the team this year for the NC Courage. But before we get into your story, I have a, I have a quick story of my own that I want to share with you as we kick off this interview, Ms. Pinto. Uh, maybe back in 2014 or 2015, I was uh, working at WXI 12 News in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And on my own, I started a podcast. It's, just, it's more like an inspirational type of thing. Get your day started, have some stories. And I interviewed somebody and uh, about their business that they were running. And they said, hey, since you do sports, I need you to look out for a name. Her name is Brianna Pinto. She is my niece, and she's going to be big one day. And his name is Earl Pinto. And he told me about you way back then. And um, I just thought it was kind of cool how this has come full circle. And now I get a chance to uh, talk to you. It was before you went to Carolina and he was telling me all about you. So it's good to actually meet you this time. Oh, thank you. It's good to meet you as well. Um, shout out <laughs> to Uncle Earl. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. It's an honor to be here to be interviewed by you. Awesome. Right. So let's, let's start off with this. Uh, NC Courage, you get to come back home. How, how excited are you for that? I am beyond ecstatic. I got the opportunity to play in front of like all my family and friends uh, this past weekend and for the rest of the season. And I think it's so special to be one of the well, the first uh, youth to pro uh, players uh, for NCFC Youth to North Carolina Courage. So um, I feel like I get to play a huge role for the next generation of talent and show them that, like, if you work hard enough, you can represent our first team. And um, it's just been an honor to be back in North Carolina and represent such a great club. All right. Speaking of the state of North Carolina, this is my, my burning question for this episode is played high school in Durham college in Chapel Hill. Let's just say the Courage are basically Raleigh. I know it's technically Kerry, but it's Raleigh. All right, which one's the best one? Durham, Chapel Hill, Raleigh. <laughs> Gotta know. I have to know. 
Um, I spend the, I'm going to say Chapel Hill. Uh, I spend yeah. the most time there um, and I went to college there. All my friends are there um, and there's great college sports there. Um, but I do love the Triangle area. Um, there's a lot of infrastructure coming here and a lot of great businesses and really smart people. Um, I think one of the benefits of growing up in the Triangle was that you've got three great colleges between Duke, Carolina and NC State. Um, so uh, I think from a young age, I was able to like set my aspirations high because uh, there were so many public figures that have come from those three schools who have gone on to represent the professional ranks that I got a chance to like look up to. Um, but because uh, Chapel Hill um, was my where I went to college, I would have to say that. Okay, by the, way, by the way, Chris lives in Durham. I live in Raleigh, so it's it's fine. We have the whole triangle. I'm from Durham. I'm from Durham originally. Yeah, yeah, um, and I spend, yeah. It's the best place to eat of the three of the three areas. Okay, right. definitely agree with that. And I, it's I will the most, say this: most though. cultured. It is the most cultured. Uh, Dennis, one of the things I like about what she did right there, you can tell she's had some media training because yeah, yeah. she, <laughs> you were trying to, your question was a little bit loaded right there. It was like you were, it was you're asking, book. you're asking really about the cities, but you know, underlying underneath that was, was the, with her three schools and she took that and represented her school, but still gave props to everything else. So, so I just want to say, first off, you did an amazing job answering that question. <laughs> But <laughs> yes, you did. But by the way, I, I've heard from multiple people, and you can attest more to this since you have experience in all three places. Uh, my girlfriend always tells me that Durham food is the best food. Um, so 100%. she she so she says that unequivocally. And then Chris, you're saying the same thing. So apparently, I need to get to Durham more to go eat. That's that's all I'm being told. Absolutely, uh, I just love just the amount of culture and how many mm -hmm. people from different parts of the world live there. Um, and uh, they have a great appreciation for the arts as well. Um, so I love to spend yeah. nights there, especially with my family in the summers. Um, one of my favorite places to go is Bull McCabe's. Uh, we'll watch uh, EPL games there uh, as a family. So uh, that's another cool place. And then another soccer place, if you guys are looking to watch some NWSL or MLS games, is the Boot Room, also in Durham. So uh, those yeah. are really great places. And I think they, I think Heather Sturzby might be in there, Heather O'Reilly. Um, either her national team jersey or her NC Courage jersey. So uh, you guys should check it out. All right. Okay. All right. Sounds good. I, I, we just moved to Durham. When I came to this area, we had to wait for our house to get built. So we were in Apex for a little bit. We we're a little bit away from everything, but moved to Durham. Loved it so far. And uh, I'm vegan. So it's, it's, uh, Durham has been really good for, you know, different vegan food. So it's been really cool so far. Um, so I do want to ask about this as well. Um, I, I kind of feel you you brought up how you went through uh, the NCFC you know, youth program and uh, you, you know, have been taught very well um, uh, with them. But then you also went to UNC and, and played for probably the best college uh, coach that nobody really talks about, Anson Dorrance, uh, with all the wins and uh, all the accomplishments for North Carolina soccer. Um, first off, uh, talk about just his influence on your game, and how you've been you were able to grow playing under him but then not only just that though um just what it feels like to play for such a historic program for for women's soccer in general i mean because if you're talking about basketball you're talking about uh football there's certain schools you think of when it's women's soccer you think of north carolina soccer yeah i think that's a great question um i like to tell people i was brainwashed from a young age uh both my parents <laughs> went to unc chapel hill uh, my dad played yeah. soccer and was actually recruited by anson 
um, and my mom played softball. Um, and it was a lifelong dream for me to go play for him. Uh, he's one of the most, the most decorated coach in women's soccer history. And he coached the national team and I wanted to learn what it takes to get to the top of my game. And Anson always talks about being on a never ending ascension. And one of the most valuable pieces that I learned um, during my time at UNC Chapel Hill was the competitive cauldron. Uh, we're ranked in uh, 13 core values and then also um, within our technical ability on the field. And uh, we know where we stand at every given moment. And that kind of cutthroat mentality and cutthroat environment uh, prepares you to get to the highest level because Anton expects the best out of us. He wants us to be on top of our game, ready to compete every single time we step online. And um, I thrived in that environment. I love knowing where I am, what I need to be better at. And Anton was there to push me every step of the way. Um, and uh, it just was so special to be a part of such a winning culture. Um, so many of his former players would visit from time to time and they'd be a source of inspiration and they're so open and uh, they would tell us what we, what it takes to win championships. And I was actually pretty lucky to be one of the, a part of one of the teams that had Heather O'Reilly as the assistant coach. Um, I think she's won quite literally everything and there's no better role model that you could have um, on our staff. So I think Anson really values the family aspect of Carolina soccer. Um, he knows and loves every single one of his players and he treats us so well. And most importantly, his, his greatest passion there is to develop, to develop people as people, as people before their identity as soccer players. So just being there was a dream come true. Um, I will always be connected. I'm going to go support them as long as I'm in North Carolina. And um, I just wish Carolina soccer the best success going forward. Was there a pressure playing there with that long history of just great names and all the championships won? Was there a pressure? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think uh, it's kind of obvious, like at the collegiate soccer level, um, there's more parity across uh, the board. Uh, a lot more schools are winning. Um, and over the last 40 years, North Carolina took the vast majority of those championships. So I went to Carolina with the objective of winning a national championship. Um, unfortunately, we did not achieve that goal. Um, we lost in two championships and a semifinal um, in my three years that I was there. Uh, but it was really special for me to get to three college cups because a lot of people don't get to do that in general. Um, and you know, if you, sh they say, if you shoot for the stars, you might land on the moon. And I felt like my experience in itself was incredibly special. I played against, with and against world-class players, uh, girls that will go on and play, uh, hopefully for our U.S. national team and for other federations across the world. Um, and I think I had a, this, all the support that I needed to get to the professional level, which I'm at today. Um, so, yeah, to answer your question, there was pressure, um, but I think that's something we embrace uh, as as we commit to the University of North Carolina. I want to talk to you about uh, just the growth of soccer. We, we had a chance uh, a couple months ago to talk to Eddie Pope. Uh, he's from uh, High Point, where I'm from. And um, it, it was interesting where he saw, you know, um, the differences in soccer from when he was coming up. And then I just want to ask you to, just the differences uh, that you've seen in your life, you know, as now just imagine maybe a, a five-year-old kid and, you know, there's the, uh, the training facility that uh, NCFC has, of course. And then you have uh, NC Courage, 
uh, the men's team, NCFC. Now you also have the MLS team down in Charlotte. And, um, you know, I think more people are, are talking about soccer. You can digest soccer a little bit more as far as it being on television and being talked about in, in mainstream media a little bit more. Um, you know, where do you see the growth uh, of this sport uh, going and um, and how you talked about being a part of it as far as NCFC is concerned? How do you see the uh, the, the organization in general growing more and be, being able to blossom more soccer stars from this area? Yeah, so before I get into that, Eddie's actually my agent, so uh, we know each other quite well. Um, there we go. My dad were, there and my dad were teammates go. at Carolina. Um, so, yeah, um, I think <laughs> North Carolina has um, become a hotbed of soccer for men and women across, um, over like, over time. Um, obviously, you've seen uh, Wake Forest, uh, Carolina win on the men's side at the collegiate level, um, and then, obviously, Carolina on the women's side. Um, but the biggest thing, the biggest difference that I've noticed is, uh, the access to games on TV. So when I was growing up, if we wanted to watch El Clasico or, um, or men's national team matches or women's national team matches, you had to have like eight different subscriptions to TV providers. And my parents, you know, they, they love soccer. They were willing to do that, but the reality is it costs a lot of money to have all those subscriptions. And if our goal is to have soccer become the preeminent sport in the United States, we need to make it available to everybody at any given time so that they can see the highest level matches. Um, but more specific to the youth landscape, I think we're super fortunate to have access to the most elite levels of youth soccer. Um, and one of the reasons I actually went to Castle at the time, which is now NCFC Youth, um, was because they had ECNL. And ECNL was just such a wonderful platform to get noticed for national teams and to get recruited by elite colleges. And um, I think now there's like the girls Academy, there's still the ECNL. Um, at one point, the boys had uh, the U S soccer uh, Academy. And I think just in North Carolina in general, like if you are a good player and you're willing to put in the work, there is a, there is a platform for you to get noticed and to get to where you want to be. Um, so whether that's in the USL with NCFC or the NWSL with NC Courage or the MLS um, in Charlotte, you can get there and there's a network to do so. So I just love how interconnected all of these environments are. Um, one thing I could attest to is how in college when I was at UNC, um, five players from my team got to actually train with NC Courage. So I spent my freshman summer and my sophomore summer uh, training with NC Courage. So I got to know this environment awesome. inside and out before I was even here. So it was just, it was really, really great. And um, even now we have a couple of uh, the academy players who join with us in the first team. And I think that's the way you inspire kids. And that's how you keep uh, first team players motivated because that kid's going to come in and want your spot at some point. So um, I'm just super excited about the future and just grateful for all the investment that's gone into North Carolina soccer as a whole. Just to interject really quick, if you watch WRL Sports Plus, you'll be able to see NC Courage games all over the summer. You'll be able to watch uh, also in, uh, Charlotte FC games as well. So we'll be covering those. So it, it definitely is going to be on, on more local televisions as well if you're in the Raleigh-Durham area. So, Brianna, throughout youth soccer, high school, college, now pro, put a lot of work into it. Is the game still fun? Because I know sometimes – as me as a player and as a coach now coaching lacrosse, 
it can become work at times. And sometimes we lose the fun aspect. It, it, is it still fun? Yeah, uh, most definitely. Uh, my goal uh, as a little kid was to travel the world. And I am very fortunate to play such a global game. Um, I've been to 23 countries now uh, representing the youth national teams. And um, I get to go all over the United States with the NWSL. And I think that's super special in itself. And as we continue to bring more teams into the NWSL, the future is going to be even brighter and more communities will be able to celebrate women's soccer. So um, I think for me, that's the most fun part. I love going to different environments and meeting new people and uh, interacting with fans and things like that. Um, and then obviously like on the field, like I love winning. Um, and uh, fortunately I've been in a lot of different environments where we've had a lot of success. So um, I love it. I, I will continue to love it. And I feel like I'm truly living the dream at this moment in time. Real quick. You mentioned the, the league expanding in terms of adding teams. What is, what do you think from a young player's perspective is needed for the NWSL to continue to grow its fan base? Yeah. Um, I think people just need to tune into games. They need to buy jerseys. Uh, they need to support the players. They need to talk about it. Like you guys are doing um, media coverage is the way to success. Um, if we're putting uh, if people, first of all, know about our teams, um, if they're, um, engaging with specific players, like where they have a favorite player, whether you're a young boy or a young girl, um, and you buy their jersey and uh, really rally behind each and every single team, uh, we're going to drive this game into the future. So um, ultimately, media coverage is the best because it drives revenue and revenue allows us to support our teams and uh, make sure that we're bringing in uh, world-class talent. So I am super excited to be in this generation of soccer because uh, we wouldn't be here without the women who have come before us, who have given so much to the NWSL and even the WPS uh, to make this what it is today. So um, I, I think I'm just beyond excited and willing to help out with that growth as well, if that means encouraging our fans. Speaking of that, I wanted to ask you uh, more about like the off season. We know all the the craziness that kind of happened last year with NC Courage, but also uh, NWSL. And then it was almost like a moment of reckoning where you know uh, a lot of your contemporaries were just like, "Hey, enough is enough. We need to be treated like the pro athletes that we are. Uh, we need to have a, a, a really good pay structure. We need to be able to be able to take our care of ourselves, our families, our mental health, things like that." Uh, as we're talking to you right now, one game into uh, the Challenge Cup for uh, NC Courage, um, what changes have you seen so far? And uh, does it does it uh, is it something that's satisfactory to you so far? Uh, one game into the season compared to last year. Well, yeah, um, I think we made history by finalizing the CBA uh, ahead of this season. I think we cannot thank the NWSLPA enough for just all the hard work that went into negotiating all of the different guarantees that we have. Um, and we're always working towards moving into the future because uh, women's soccer players deserve to be paid well. Um, they deserve to be played with living wages so that they don't have to do side hustles, which is a campaign we talked about last season. And um, more importantly, like, we want to remove all the extra burdens that these players bear um, specifically like for the black players um, with George Floyd was murdered last year. How are we showing up for them and making sure that they are valued in every environment um, mm. in professional soccer um, uh, for the LGBTQ plus 
community? Are we showing up for them? Are we making sure that their fan base is supported? I think we have strides to go in all of those areas with regard to diversity, equity, and inclusion. And um, But I am proud of the work that's gone on over the last like nine months that I've been involved with the NWSL. Um, but again, we're never going to stop working. We're always going to shoot for more. We want to make sure that every player feels valued, heard, supported, um, so that we create an environment where the next generation of girls can have even more success than we, than we have. Now, I know you've spoken with FIFA in the past and done some presentations with FIFA in the past. What is it that you want to do specifically with the governing body of, of international soccer with FIFA in order to make the changes that you're talking about? Yeah. Um, so that is actually one of my goals um, post my playing career. Um, I would love to be involved in FIFA in an administrative role. I'm not totally sure like what that looks like yet, but um, I do want to make access to the game uh, more feasible in more parts of the world. Um, so whether that means access to equipment or access to fields, um, and I think specifically to America, one of the challenges that we face is access to fields. Um, I grew up in a suburban area in the Triangle, and um, a lot of the fields are locked uh, because major clubs own them and um, they or rent them out. And if we want to create a culture where people live and breathe soccer, there should be pickup games going on everywhere um, yeah. at, any, at any time of the day, any day of the week. Um, that's what you see in Brazil and France and all these world powers where they live and breathe soccer. So um, I kind of want to create that um, here. And I think we should capitalize on the opportunity with the 2026 FIFA World Cup coming to North America, because there's no better time uh, than now to to introduce the next generation of kids to football and and have them see world class superstars who are the best at their game and um really feel immersed in the experience. So um, to answer your question about FIFA, um, I wanna help um, get plots of land across the world and make them accessible and make them hotbeds for soccer talent so that no matter where you're from, um, what you look like, who you are, that you'll have an opportunity to reach the highest level of soccer. Um, I wanna ask you about Sean Nehas. Uh, I know he's been uh, a part of the, uh, the, the um, uh, what am I trying to say? He's he's been a part My of the club system. for a minute. Yeah, Coach, yeah, he's yeah. been a part of the club system for for a while. And so, um, and then also, I thought it was cool last year uh, when he was named the interim coach. There was uh, players that were speaking out and say, "Hey, we we want him to have that interim removed. We want him to be the coach. He's a coach now. Uh, I know that you had to have had a, a a relationship with him in the past, and now you're back with um, you know the NC Courage." Um, and I'm sure that had something to do with it. You know, what is it about him as a coach and and uh, just him as just as a person um, that has this magnetism towards him? And, and how cool is it to play for him on, on the professional level? Yeah, so I actually played for Sean at NCFC Youth, uh, formerly known as Castle, for U15 and U16. Um, so he's my youth club coach. Um, and one of the things that I love about him as a coach is his attention to detail. Um, from a young age, he always held us accountable and making sure that we were playing our, our passes to the correct foot with the correct pace, with the correct texture. Um, and he wanted us to train like professionals and, and be professional on the field and off um, from day one. And I think uh, he, he's been instrumental in play, 
in introducing a professional level at the youth level and grooming these mm -hmm. girls for success. Because if we expose them to uh, a professional level and have them pulled up to the first team, they have a vision for where they want to go. Um, and they can see that pathway to the professional level. And we always uh, seek to inspire uh, those girls. So having him as a youth coach was really, really amazing. Um, and then uh, I got the call in December of last year uh, that I would be traded back to North Carolina, which was just such a blessing. Um, it was so it was so great to hear that from Sean himself because we've had an existing relationship for years. He's known who he is since I was a kid, basically. And um, just to be here and play for such a great club and um, for, for Sean as a person who I who I appreciate so much and has played such an instrumental role in my success. Um, I just could not be more grateful. Um, and I actually played for his brother as well, um, Damon Nehas uh, at Carolina. So um, it's been super great to just be influenced by them um, for all this time. So, yeah. All right. Stepping a little bit away from soccer, having gone to college, playing professionally here, growing up in North Carolina, to you, what are some of the things that makes the state of North Carolina a special place to be? The low cost of living. Um, <laughs> I think um, when I went, now, to, especially in Chapel Hill, <laughs> when I went to New Jersey, I was like, wow, like it is expensive to live in other places in this country. Um, I think the people are really great. The Southern hospitality that you get when you come to North Carolina is amazing. Um, I love how educated the people are in um, the Triangle area. Um, I really like the food. Um, I think you can get lots of great types of food here. Um, and one of the best parts about Carolina, uh, North Carolina, is that you can go to the beach or you can go to the mountains or you can be somewhere in between. So I think we've got a little bit of everything uh, to offer. Uh, and then also the four seasons, um, because if you go to somewhere like California, you're not going to get four seasons. So um, for me personally, I appreciate that because you can show all aspects of your wardrobe. <laughs> so it sounds like we need to uh, get a, a Brianna Pinto food vlog and a, and a fashion vlog because you, you brought up food a few times. Let's go. And, and then I you love just brought food. up the wardrobe thing. <laughs> yeah, it's good to wear different kinds of clothes and play in different weather. Um, and actually, the reason I bring that up is it, it is an advantage, um, especially in college soccer. We will go from playing in 95 degree weather in the summer um, and it's humid to going to like 20 degrees um, for our night games during postseason, And yeah. we're kind of equipped to play in uh, any environment and, and succeed. So um, if you're not exposed to different weather, like maybe the other team has a competitive advantage. So I do appreciate that. Here's my, uh, my final question for you. Um, and I don't know if it's, if this is the petty side of me or whatever, but you got your first goal against your former team for the team that you grew up, <laughs> you know, the, the, the organization that you grew up uh, in, um, you know, just how great did that feel afterwards? Whereas in your mind where you're like, yeah, told you, uh, yeah, I'm like that son. Were you, <laughs> how did that feel for you? <laughs> it, felt, <laughs> um, it felt great. Uh, my rookie season was pretty difficult. Um, I struggled to get minutes there. Um, so to have the opportunity to come here and make my first start was really, really special. And, I wanted to prove that I'm here to stay. Um, I wanted to score a goal and I 
believe that I can be a midfielder that will create and score goals out of midfield. So um, to make that happen against the former team, I think made a statement and I hope to go out there again this week and the weeks after that and make something happen. Um, but I do want to shout out like all of my teammates because they, that couldn't have happened without them. I think just preseason being a part of that and just the leadership that we have here at North Carolina Courage has been so special like having vets like Abby Ursig or Carson Pickett come come to you and offer pointers or support uh, that you need I think they've done a great job bringing the rookies and just the younger players like myself along and have held us to a high standard and I think we put in a really good performance this past weekend um, so I just really appreciate and am excited about the vibe that we've got within the team. Everybody loves and supports one another and um, we're committed to achieving our goals this season. And ultimately we want to win every game. So um, I think it was also cool to have our center back score a goal as well. Um, it shows that we're dangerous on all fronts. So um, yeah, that was one of my favorite uh, games and it's something I'll remember forever because it was my first, first start first professional goal and uh, my debut for the North Carolina courage. Did it feel like pulling up on your ex with your new boo? Yeah. <laughs> did, did, did it feel like that? <laughs> I, I guess I can't really relate, but uh, sure. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's totally fine. You can walk by their bench and just be like, sup. It's fine. It's okay. Yeah, you know, we'll, I could have done that last totally year, but okay. you know, okay. All right. <laughs> just give a little wave and a wink. Uh, Brianna, <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. We really do appreciate it. Best of luck this season. Thanks so much. Thank you. I appreciate both of you. It was a pleasure speaking with you. We want to thank the NC Courage and Brianna Pinto for uh, allowing us some time and being able to talk to her. Um, just to let people behind the curtain a little bit, Dennis, um, when we actually recorded that interview, it was before, I don't remember the date, but it was before Duke, North Carolina in the Final Four, the, the nuclear game. Yeah. Um, then... When after Carolina lost into the national championship, the day after, uh, the, the following Tuesday, this Tuesday after the Final Four was over, um, I actually went out to, to UNC Chapel Hill uh, to cover North Carolina kind of coming back home. And, you know, they stop, they start talking to the fans, and, and Hubert Davis addresses the fans and thanks them and everything like that. And then to my left, I just look and I see this person walk up, and it was Brianna Pinto. Uh, and a mask that was there and it was like oh snap like it was cool like I haven't had that situation before where we've just interviewed somebody and then you get a chance to meet him in person because you know this has been during the pandemic and so many different you know uh, schedules have been you know going crazy so it was great it was great to see her there meet her in person and uh, and just be able to you know uh, just Remember the good time from the interview. I, I felt like it was a, a wonderful interview. She she let us in on a few things after the recording yeah. went off. But, you know, she, she kept it really professional during our interview. I, I applaud her for that. Yeah, I've, I'm looking forward to seeing her career and what happens next. It was pretty cool that you got to run into her. Uh, that was pretty neat. So great, uh, great job by the courage so far early on in this season, having a lot mm -hmm. of success. Pinto's had a lot of success being with her hometown team, you know, born and basically not born, but raised in North Carolina in the, yeah. in the triangle area, college in the triangle, not playing professionally in the triangle. It's pretty cool seeing everything come full circle. And, and you know what? I, I didn't know what the courage will look like this year. I mean, you, when you get rid of Sam Mewis and, um, 
Lynn Williams. Lynn Williams. I'm sorry, I, I, I slightly forgot her name. Like they were, they were the stars last year. Like there were times where the Courage had hard, had a hard time scoring when those two weren't in the lineup because of their international duties. And uh, so I didn't know where they were going to go uh, this year, and and they're fine this year. They're looking like yeah. one of the top teams once again in the NWSL. So shout outs to uh, all the Courage. We definitely want to have more on there, but uh, you know specifically Brianna Pinto. Her being from the area, being the first student to uh, from to, in the NCFC system to also play for NCFC professionally on the women's side, that's amazing. So uh, can't wait to uh, you know see her career blossom. And we have to talk to Nicholas uh, Holiday as well because he's he's that person on the men's side, sixteen year old yeah. kid who's a professional goalie for NCFC on the men's side. Definitely, for sure. Now, this podcast, as you all, all know, you can watch it on YouTube. You can also watch it on WREL Sports Plus on Wednesday nights on uh, 9, 9 o'clock, 8 o'clock. can't remember the I think, exact it's, time. I think it's 9. I think o'clock. it's 9 o'clock. Oh, o'clock. Sure, that's fine. But download it and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Leave us that amazing five-star review. And make sure this coming Tuesday that you head over to Papa Murphy's Pizza to get yourself a large pizza, ten ninety nine. No matter what the toppings are, Papa Murphy's changed the way you pizza. Just want to throw this in there really quick. If you're in the Raleigh-Durham area, um, over the air, WREL Sports Plus is channel 34. Or if you're going to watch on Spectrum, 1257, channel 1257 for, for that. If you're not in the Raleigh-Durham area, don't worry. You can go to WRLSportsFan.com. Uh, you can watch WREL Sports Plus live and just stream it uh, the entire day. And, you know, there's a lot more than just us. But you can also watch it for us, too, because we love it. Why else would you? Yeah, we're the draw. You know, so. The Culture State Podcast, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network, with new shows coming out every Wednesday. Download and subscribe from wherever you get your podcasts, including the WREL Sports Fan app.